Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. Up here for a second. There we go. Um, welcome to Lighthouse. Really glad to have everyone here. Uh, it's exciting. And uh, I do have a couple of announcements for you. Uh, first of all, Last week, we mentioned that we were going to be adopting some families for Christmas, but I didn't have any information on it yet because Westside Elementary, which is right across the street, hadn't given me any families yet. So they ended up releasing uh, eight families, their names and contact information, to us, and then I kind of threw out through an email and through Facebook, anyone willing to adopt these families for Christmas, and uh, all eight were taken and uh, adopted. So thank you guys for doing that. Um, I was able to call each of those families, and I'll tell you, I'm super excited about the opportunity to be blessing those families for Christmas. One uh, individual said to me that they had some unexpected expenses because of a funeral, And they were from out of town. I mean, they lived in California, and now they're living here. Didn't have any family uh, around. And so they just weren't going to have Christmas this year. And so it's exciting that we're going to be able to buy each of their kids a present. And then from our outreach fund, which, again, 10% of everything you give to the general fund, we we set aside for outreach and missions. Um, So we're buying them a $100 gift card, each family, to Walmart so that they can have a Christmas even besides the presents that we buy them. So thank you guys for your generosity. Uh, I'm super excited to be part of a church that is a blessing into the community. All right, so um, another announcement. Next week is uh, the traditional Christmas Sunday, and we are going to be having some special singing by our children. They've been practicing all month, ready to sing a couple of Christmas carols for us. So you don't want to miss that. But also, um, this is the, the Sunday, there's two Sundays of the year that people are the most open to attending church. It's Christmas and Easter. Easter. Yeah, we call them Christers in the uh, church world. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited about having people visit our church uh, on Christmas Sunday uh, next week. So if you have friends or family that are outside of the church or unchurched, I would encourage you, this is the week to invite them to come to church because they're more likely to come this next week than any other Sunday of the year besides Easter. So I would encourage you to invite your family and friends to come next week. And uh, I'm also excited because I'm going to be talking about Jesus, right? And we're going to be talking about our Lord and Savior. And there will be an opportunity for them to make a decision to follow Christ. So it's a great weekend to invite your friends. So that's next week. But let me pray for the offering, and then we'll get going. So God, we come to you right now, and we thank you for the generosity of uh, this church. We thank you that we are able to pay uh, for the electric bill, to pay for the lease, and, uh, and also we have enough money left over, God, to give into our community and to our world. So Lord, we just thank you for their generosity. We pray that you would bless them for that and continue to give our leadership team wisdom, Lord, to know how to use your funds to further your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so today we are continuing our Christmas series called Christmas Unwrapped. 
receiving God's gifts for us. And the key scripture is James 1.17, for every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. So last week's message was called the Holy Spirit Unwrapped, receiving the gift of supernatural power. It was an exciting message. So if you missed that one, make sure you tune in to our website, lighthousevineyard.church, and you can listen to it there. But the two points that we covered were we should want the gift of the Holy Spirit because he equips us with supernatural power and equips us with boldness. So my hope is this past week, you guys were a little more bold in the community and maybe you heard God's voice and were able to move a little more powerfully as well. So to open up today's message, which is a continuation of the series, I want to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. It is the top five most expensive cars in the world, all right? So first of all, at number five, uh, guys, try to wipe this off, you know, as you're drooling a little bit. It's the W Motors Lycan Hypersport. <sighs> Let's just look at that for a little while. Isn't that nice? This car costs $3.5 million. $3.5 million. It goes 0 to 60 in 2.8 seconds. Its top speed is 240 miles per hour. That just brings a tear to my eye. I know. Number four, the Lamborghini Veneno. Look at that, baby. Oh, that's sharp. All right, move on. $4.5 million. $4.5 million. Then we had the Koenigsegg CCXR Trevita. It's number three. It's got the cool doors, too. $4.8 million. You know why? One of the reasons it costs so much, it's coated in diamond dust impregnated resin. That baby shines. Number two is the Maybach Accelero. All right, now we're getting into this luxury type car. $8 million. $8 million. 700 horsepower has tons of luxurious amenities. I might have a microwave in it. I don't know. <laughs> Pretty cool. But number one, most expensive car in the world is the Rolls-Royce Sweptail. All right? This one comes in with a price tag of $13 million. $13 million. It's the only one of its kind in the world. It was custom made by Rolls-Royce. They took four years to make that car. Pretty impressive, huh? Now, you may not be into cars. How about a house? What do you think the most expensive house in the world is? It is Buckingham Palace. Yeah. I think some important people live there. Like the queen. Anyway, so $1.55 billion. That's what that house is worth. But let's kind of bring it more local. Okay, what do you think the most expensive house in the USA? It's, it's a recent house that was recently built. It's the Bel Air Mansion. All right, $500 million for that house. $500 million. It has a bowling alley inside of it, but it also has a jellyfish room. It's got these aquarium walls around it with jellyfish swimming around. Isn't that cool? $500 million. What do you think? No? What's that? You'll have, to, you'll have to actually Google that, all right? But don't do it while I'm preaching. Stop it. 
Now, if you're not into houses or cars, how about jewelry? Anyone into jewelry? No? Nobody? Okay, one person. All right, so the most expensive ring in the world is the Pink Star Diamond Ring. Pink Star Diamond Ring. $83 million for that ring. $83 million. Wow. And I will tell you, owning any one of those items, if you wanted to give it to me for Christmas, would bring happiness to me. All right? I would be happy. And uh, honestly, if you have enough money, I believe that you can buy happiness, right? At least? No, I think you can buy happiness for a while. You can buy happiness for a while. But uh, let me propose this, though, okay? I think there's a difference between happiness and joy, all right? We sang about joy earlier, that Christ brought joy. Joy is different than happiness, and joy is something you can't buy. Happiness is external. It's based upon our outside uh, circumstances, our external circumstances. So you can make me happy just by buying me a car like that. That's all you have to do. But joy is internal. It's constant, and it exists despite our circumstances, our situation. Happiness can be temporary. Most of the time it is. When our circumstances change, like the bank comes and takes that car from me, my happiness goes away, just like that. But joy can be everlasting, and it can remain despite our circumstances. Let me explain. So there is a season, Christmas season, several years ago, where I was going through an unwanted divorce from my first marriage, and I was going up to have Christmas with my kids and my family up in Michigan, much like we're doing today. We're driving up to Michigan after church to have Christmas with my family. And I was going through a difficult time. I was depressed. I was lonely. I was sad. I had lost a lot of hope. And uh, as I'm driving up there, I was just having a little conversation with God and I remember this, and I can kind of remember the road that I was on when I was driving when the Holy Spirit just kind of came over me and filled me with joy in the midst of that trial. And I just began to weep tears of joy while I was driving uh, just because of what God was doing inside of me. Now, my circumstances hadn't changed, right? But I had joy because joy was coming from inside of me, from inside of me. Now, I do believe each of us wants to be happy, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, happiness is an emotion, and it's fickle, and it will change. What I'd rather have, and what I'd rather have all of us have, is something that comes from within, something that money can't buy, and that's joy. But let me talk about another thing. Let's talk about love, right? Is love something that money can buy? No, even the Beatles knew that, right? Can't buy me love. Yeah, two of us know that song. All right. <laughs> me and Matt, we should just sing it, right? Anyway, money can buy us friendships. You know, it can buy us relationships, but you can't buy love, not true love, right? It can't be done. How about another one? How about peace? Because I think we all want peace, right? But I think, again, it's something much like joy that comes from within. You can't buy peace, not real peace. This past week, uh, a friend of ours 
um, her father was in the hospital, not doing very well, and I was having some heart issues, had an O2 mask on, and we went over there to meet with our friend and also then to uh, meet her dad and talk to him. And while we were there, we could just feel the, the, the apprehension in the room, and he was struggling with breathing, and uh, so we decided that we should pray, and so we took some time and just prayed over him and over the, their situation. And as we were praying, we really could feel, you could feel the uh, tangible presence of God and peace just overwhelmed the room. And I, I had my hand on his shoulder, and I could just feel his shoulders just relax and just go down, you know, as peace overcame him. That's the kind of peace that I'm talking about because his circumstance hadn't changed, but the peace of God came over him and also over our friend as well. So some of you know where I'm going with this. It sounds a little familiar. Love, joy, peace. Those are the first three fruits of the Spirit. It's listed in the Bible. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I would submit that these are all things that every one of us really does want, but they are all things that we can't buy, all right? Money can't buy these things, which is okay because they are available to us from God the Father as free gifts. Each one of us can receive this from our Heavenly Father without paying a dime. The fruits of the Spirit are God's gifts to his children. It's what each of us, I believe, desires. It's something that we cannot attain on our own, but it's only through God that we can receive these gifts. So today, we are going to read the section of Scripture that lists out the fruits of the Spirit, and we're going to read the Scriptures around it and try to have a better understanding of how to receive these gifts from God. So you can turn in your Bibles if you would like, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians is in the New Testament. If you go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, and then you get to Galatians. And we've been preaching through the section. We've had Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Those four books are together. We've spent the summer on Philippians. Last week we were in Ephesians. And today we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5. So Galatians is a letter to the churches in the uh, region of Galatia, uh, which is in Asia Minor, from the Apostle Paul, from the Apostle Paul. So we're going to be reading Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, this is the section, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is also patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So the title of today's message is Fruits of the Spirit Unwrapped, Receiving the Gift That Money Can't Buy. And every week we have a giveaway. And uh, so Tony, where's Tony? Tony's going to come on up. And he has the gift for this week to re-emphasize our message. Come on up, Tony. Give him a hand. I bet you guys won't guess what this week's giveaway is. <laughs> You're not going to throw an apple at it's it like anymore, diamonds or something. I don't know. Yeah. Start throwing diamonds. Okay, so fruits of the Spirit. What do you guys think? Fruit. Fruit snacks. Someone on the leadership team has given away answers. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we do have fruit snacks. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. That was too close. So uh, deal with these. Uh, just as always, if you're on your way out, there's ushers are going to be handing these out. I can throw a couple of these out to whoever's hungry. Yep. Alan's hungry. Hungry guy here. <laughs> Anyone else? Oh, I don't know if I can throw that far. <laughs> That was Oops, so close. hit someone else. All right. That's all I have. Sorry. And we will, by the way, have one more giveaway uh, next week. If you uh, were here two weeks ago, we gave away coupons uh, for T-shirts. And so you can get, pick up your free T-shirt out at the table afterwards. And also, you can buy one if you would like to for 10 bucks. All right, but let me pray, and then we'll get into our message. So God, we come to you, and thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you, God, that you want to give us good gifts. So I pray, God, that you would help us uh, today to know how to better receive some of the wonderful gifts that you have for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So you can write this in on your handout if you would like. We can enjoy the fruits of the Spirit when we, number one, intentionally starve our flesh. Intens intentionally starve our flesh. So going back to verse 16, it says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When we don't gratify the desires of the flesh, that's like starving our flesh. But first, let's go back and redefine again what the flesh is and a little bit of what it means to have fruit of the flesh. So verses 19 through 21 says, the acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, which is excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. So we start to get a picture of what the flesh is, all right? The flesh is our physical body, it's our human nature. It's our sin nature. It's the part of each one of us that only cares about ourselves. It's our self-centeredness. There's a speaker, one of my favorite speakers, he's a local speaker named Tom Harmon. And when he would describe 
the sinful nature, he would actually just like grab a hold of his arm and say, there's just sin living in here, in this, in this flesh. There is sin within us. Paul actually describes it pretty well in Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 21. He says this, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. Anyone relate to it so far? You get it? And if I do what I do not want to do, I I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Guys, each one of us has sin living in us. It's been passed down from Adam and Eve. They, they were the first ones to sin. And it's passed down generation after generation after generation to your grandparents and my grandparents, to our parents, and now down to us. We are born with a sinful nature. Now, one way to know that is just take a look at any baby, okay? And you look at a baby and you go, oh, they're so good. No, they're not. They're sinners, Every little baby is a sinner. I can prove it. What do they do when they're hungry? They, they scream and throw a fit, right? How about if they need their diaper changed? What do they do, right? They scream, holler, might even swing at you, you know, when you're trying to change them. You don't have to teach a baby to sin. They're born with it. They're born with it. So we have the sinful nature inside of each one of us that's at war with the Spirit of God that's in us as well. And one of the ways that we can have the fruits of the Spirit in our lives is to starve our flesh, is to starve our flesh. Now, you might be thinking, well, he doesn't mean like really like starve your flesh, right? No, I do. I do. I mean, one of the ways that we can tell our physical body, our flesh, who's in charge, is we stop eating. It's called fasting, all right? It's for spiritual purposes. We stop eating for, you know, it's called fasting. So why would we do that? Well, it's listed in Scripture is one reason, but there's kind of a practical side to it. Because I've been practicing this, this art of fasting for many years, And it's not an easy thing for me to do. But I remember the first times that I would fast, man, I was just in a bad mood the whole time. And I'm like, God, why do you want me to fast? Because I'm just angry, hangry, right? You know, you just get that. I'm just mad. And he said, exactly. Because that's the flesh inside of you at war with your spirit. And it's crying out. See, our flesh wants what is contrary to the spirit. That's what the scripture says. And so when we go right off the bat and stop eating and tell our flesh who's in charge, our flesh begins to die. Now, you won't physically die if you fast, by the way. This past week, several of us fasted for our more Holy Spirit night that we had on Friday night. And so 
uh, Rose and I were fasting for a couple of days. And the first day, man, I was, I was struggling a little bit. Um, my flesh was not happy with me. And uh, I just wasn't in the best mood. I was hungry. I was tired. But on Friday, I feel like there was a turning point, And my spirit started to win that battle. Because reality, guys, is that when we starve our flesh, we weaken our flesh. And so that gives us opportunity for the spirit to grow stronger within us. Paul says it this way in talking about his body in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. He says, no, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul understood what it meant to have his spirit winning that battle and his body was serving his spirit. But many of us today, we're kind of living life the other way. We're allowing our flesh, our hungers, our passions, our desires to rule our spirit. Well, fasting is one of those ways that we can strike a blow. We just strike a blow to our bodies. It's called the spiritual discipline. But it is one of several different spiritual disciplines that strike blows against our flesh. There's a book out there called Celebration of Discipline. This is one of my favorite books by Richard Foster. And uh, I would encourage you guys to check this one out. If you haven't read it before, this is a great book. It's $12 on Amazon for the Kindle version. But here are just six of the 12 that they list, the first six spiritual disciplines that he takes a whole chapter to talk about, each one of these. But it's meditation and prayer, and there's fasting, study, simplicity, solitude, and there's, there's another six. But when we practice these spiritual disciplines, we are starving our flesh. And when we do that, we're weakening our flesh, and we're making room for the Holy Spirit to move within us. So here's a question for you to consider today. What area of my flesh am I overfeeding? What area of my flesh am I overfeeding? Am I serving instead of having it serve me? It could be sexual thoughts or images, flesh wanting that. It could be the lust of pride where you want your ego stoked all the time. It could be physically we go right to food. You know, if, if we serve our bodies by giving it all the food anytime it wants, that's called gluttony. You know, when we overeat. Maybe it's your desire to never be alone. So because you don't like being alone, you never do. You always surround yourself with people. You could be oversleeping. Like, I just want to sleep. My body wants to sleep all the time, so I don't have time to get up and read my Bible I'm just going to serve my flesh. Paul says, I beat my body and make it my slave. One of the ways that we can do that is we can starve our flesh, intentionally starve our flesh. It makes room for the Holy Spirit to move within us. That's point number one. But there's another side to it. We can enjoy the fruits of the Spirit when we strategi strategically feed our spirit. 
So starving our flesh, but feeding our spirit. Here's some of the, the words and phrases that just leapt out to me when I was reading this section of scripture. It says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. So strategically feeding our spirit means to walk in the spirit, to live by the spirit, to keep in step with the spirit. It means to have our minds focused on the Holy Spirit. Here's another scripture that speaks to it in Romans chapter 8. Paul is saying this. He says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So how do we live a life focused on the Spirit of God? How can we be led by the Holy Spirit? What are some ways? As I was thinking about this in my life, I thought about this, just this area that we all have called spare time, right? All of us have spare time. It's the time when we're not at work, we're not at school, um, we're, you know, these obligations that we have. It's that extra time that all of us here in America have. So what am I doing? I was asking myself, what am I doing with my spare time? Am I using it to gratify the lust of the flesh? Or am I using it to invest into the spirit? Or investing even into relationships, godly relationships around me? Do I use my spare time to, to train my body? Or do I use my spare time to just be lazy and be all about me? Here's a scripture that speaks so much truth. It says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So when we strategically sow into our spirit, specifically with our spare time, we're going to reap life from that. I've never reaped life from a Netflix series, guys. Just, it just hasn't happened to me. But this is how it does work in my life. These are some of the strategies that I've used to better utilize my spare time or to make time in my life. So these, you can fill these in on your handout if you'd like. Three strategies to feed our spirit. Number one is a daily meal. It's a daily meal. What I mean by that is the word of God. I'm talking about a spiritual meal. Every day we need to be eating out of this book. This is described as the very words of life. This is not like any other book that's ever been written. Number one bestseller in the world and will always be. 
This book is for a reason, because it's living and active, and it gives us life. It gives us life. So if you're not having a daily meal out of this book, you're starving yourself. You're starving the spirit within you. Another way to do that is uh, we have Right Now Media, which is available to all of you guys. And if you don't have that, you don't know what it is, just send me an email. But it's a, it's a lot of um, videos, Christian teaching videos and instructions. And a few years ago, I started running, um, which I hate running, but God said, you need to start running. So I started running. And um, so I started running on a treadmill, like during the winter. And that is the most boring thing in the world. Anyone ever done that? And so I got an iPad, and I'm like, hey, I can watch Netflix. I can watch Amazon videos. I can do all this. And God said, ah, ah, ah. I'm like, well, what, God? I'm running. I, can, I have nothing else to do. Let me do this. And, and I really felt like the Spirit of God said, redeem that time. Use that time to feed your spirit instead of indulging your flesh. I was like, oh, okay, I'll do that. So I started watching these right now media Christian teaching videos. And honestly, guys, I've been doing it for years, and I just love it. Just love it. It just feeds my spirit. That's just, that's kind of like, you know, the extra snack through the day, you know, when I get to run on the treadmill and watch right now media videos. And again, if you don't have access, don't know what that is, just send me an email. Email's on your handout. I'll get you set up. It's free for you. All right, number two is a weekly feast. A weekly feast. So a daily meal, and then we have a weekly feast, which is the Sabbath, all right? It's the weekly Sabbath. It's taking a day to focus on God, to feed our spirit. And for you, I would recommend Sundays. Sundays are a great day to make your Sabbath. What I mean is you come to church, you receive, you know, we worship together, we receive a teaching and prayer, and that's, that's like a, a bigger meal, right? It's kind of this feast going on. But to even extend it, I would encourage you guys, don't waste the day. Take the whole day. You know, don't go back to work if you can help it. Make sure there's a day where you're not working and you're just investing in your family, in your friends. You know, it's a day off. And I'll tell you, that weekly feast really matters. Now, for me, it's not Sundays. You know, I've worked on Sundays for, oh, I think 11 years now. And so I had to figure out, how do I take a Sabbath? And I've not always been good at that. But uh, Rose and I recently went on a retreat, and we like, said, OK, we're going to do a Sabbath on Mondays. We're just going to do it. So by the way, Mondays is my day off. Don't call me or email me. Just don't text me. Leave me alone on Mondays, all right? <laughs> Linden's available anytime you want to get reach out. <laughs> but we're really trying on Mondays to spend more time in the Word. To A lot of times for me, it's going for a walk in the woods. And I'll just go for a walk over at Oxbow and, and spend some time with God. Because I'm trying to get that, that weekly feast into, into my soul to grow and strengthen the spirit within me. Uh, number three, strategies to feed our spirit is an annual retreat. Now, a retreat to me has always been defined off-site overnight. Okay, so it's offsite overnight. You're not in your home. You're somewhere else overnight focused on God. All right. And many of us don't do this. I'll be honest. I hadn't done this for, for lots of years. 
But when I get away and focus on God, man, my spirit, just it gets to a different level of strength. Because I can feel like that strength carry me through the next year. And if I don't get that, that retreat again, I can feel like going into year two, like, oh, I'm running on fumes now, you know? It's helpful to have this offsite overnight annual retreat experience. Now, we do have one coming up this summer on July 8th. I just want to throw it out there to you guys. It's the Vineyard National Conference, and it's going to be down in, what, Dayton, Ohio, I believe. There's also one in Denver, Colorado uh, that you could go to, but I'm going to the one in Dayton. And we'll have more information about that. You'll, we'll help you guys register for it if you'd like. But you can save the date now, 8th through 11th, save some money, save some vacation time. But I would encourage you, uh, annual conferences with the Vineyard are amazing. Uh, times of worship and teaching and prayer, uh, they're just amazing. So if you don't have like an, an offsite overnight annual retreat experience already, this is one you can just jump on board, go with us, and we'll have a great time down there. So this message really all comes down to this. I'd like Chris to come on back up here. Um, if we want to receive the fruits of the Spirit, we have to strengthen the Spirit and starve the flesh. That's the two options that we have. I heard it said one time, in that war between our spirit and our flesh, who's going to win? It's the one that we feed the most. That's who's going to win. So we can take our extra time and we can invest it into the people around us, into godly relationships, or we can invest it into scrolling through social media, right? We can invest our extra time into watching and reading things that feed our spirit, or we can invest our extra time into mindlessly watching Netflix or YouTube or sports channel. Guys, if we want the Spirit of God to be strong within us, if we want to have those gifts that only God can give us, that money can't buy, then we really need to starve our flesh and feed our spirit. So here's the final thought. You can fill this in. How we spend our free time will absolutely determine our type of fruit. Absolutely. That's just the truth. Go ahead and stand as we move into this last song. Okay, Matt's going to come on up and lead us in ministry time. So we're going a little bit out of order. Rose did this last week to work really well. So, um, but here's what God has been prompting me to um, do for ministry time. Um, as we, as Clint talked about the fruits of the spirit, right? The fruits of the spirit, I would, I'll, I'll try to visualize it this way as the light switch on. But then prior to that, were all the acts of the flesh. And that would be like the light switch off. And so I get this feeling that um, to get one, right? We have to get rid of the other. He talked a lot about that. And there's a, re, a, a repentance part of that, right? When Clint 
and it, and it hit me really strongly when Clint started talking about um, all the different things that, that we could. It felt like every one I could have checked off that list. And so it's a, a repentance. So I, what I want to do is use this song. Um, we're not going to call you up here and say, we're going to pray for this or that, because when you repent, it comes from, it comes from the heart. And so during this song, I want you to use that time to get, to get alone with God in your heart and say, I need to give these things up to you. I use this simple prayer model, P-R-A-Y, praise. Every, every prayer I try to do is praising God, repenting, the A, then asking for something for God and then yielding it to him. A lot of times I get in the bad habit of just doing praise and ask, but, but the repentance part is, is an important part of this. So as, as we sing this song, use that time to repent to God, to say, God, I give, these, I give these acts of the flesh to you so I can receive these wonderful, joyful fruits of the Spirit. And here's what I wanna encourage you as we, as we do this and we leave. When, when that light switch goes from off to on, it's done. We don't have to worry about the past. Let this time be a time where you repent it and you give it to God and God has it and he will take it and he, you will never have to look back. Let this be a time of, of, of change in you because when it comes from your heart, when you repent from your heart, God can change you. That light switch can go from off to on. So I'm gonna pray real quick and then we'll sing this song and, and, just, and just give it to God. So, so God... We do. I pray for all these, these acts of the flesh that are gonna come to you in the next five minutes, that you just take those and you wad them up and you throw them in the trash away from us, God. We invite your Holy Spirit in here to speak to us and to move us during this time. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.